You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right. Welcome back to the Wake Up Tucson show. 10 of The Voice, local news and talk. Bruce Ash, Christy Simone, and you. We are on the last day of February. Holy crap. Insane. Um, uh, tomorrow we have, uh, what do we got tomorrow? We got people and other things tomorrow. Dan Shearer. We're working on, Gabe Trujillo from TUSD and I are working on dates. He'll be on soon. So, And then I got my book, uh, On the Curry Trail, from uh, Raghavan Iyer, who wrote the book 660 Curries, cookbook author. And this is the new book, and we're going to talk about this book tomorrow called Ch- Chasing the Flavor That Seduced the World. So it certainly has. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll talk to him. And then uh, we have on oh we have uh, Ben from the Vine Bovine on Friday, plus Dan Spencer the Filthy Pirate, plus uh, kids from the U of A racetrack program, and then uh, a man called Sean McCluskey, Major Mayhem, Force, a force, force. a force of nature known as <laughs> Sean McCluskey, <laughs> and that's happening. And then Thursday we have uh, sports intern Schweikert. Uh, U of A professor Daniel Asia has a program. Daniel will be here. And then uh, the folks from Track T-R-A-K, Therapeutic Writing. So We had, uh, we had uh, the speaker that Dan's going to talk about, uh, Dr. Wax, on our show last Saturday. Oh, nice. And uh, quite a remarkable person. And She's work, here, too, for and, them. And the work that Dan's doing is great work also. Yeah, I hadn't heard from Dan in a while. And then he sent that email. And he's like, do you remember me? I said, yeah, I still remember you. <laughs> Come on in. No Hardworking guy. Yep. So we're going to do that with uh, Daniel Asia and Amy Wax on Thursday. Um, so I think it was K- yeah, KOLD. So $1.4 million grant to benefit low-income first-generation Pima County Pima Community College students. And, of course, when, you have, when, when I see a headline like that, it crosses into so many different topics. I thought the same thing. You know, and... Um, so they're going to get $1.4 million over five years for the trio, not the loser trio, not the Joe Snell losers, T-R-I-O, Upward Bound Math and Science, or UBMIS, a program based at the Desert Vista Canada. It's going to serve 60 low-income, first-generation, STEM-interested high school students from Alta Vista, Desert View, and Sunnyside High Schools. Um... We're excited to have these additional resources, and um, so here's the thing. So the number that I saw in this that was interesting is what percentage of graduates from those schools earn a college degree within six years of completing their studies, right? And I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road with a yeah. lot of our conversations. Yeah, yeah. Because I would, I've always said this, you know, like in the, uh, we have a National Geographic about dolphins and they, they, uh, they tag the dolphin so they know exactly what happened to it, uh, you know, in, in migrations and stuff. If you could somehow, not, this is not an invasion of privacy thing. I would love to know what these outcomes are for these kids, right? When they leave TUSD and they go to post secondary kind of education, what, what, what do those stats look like? And I'm sure they're out there. 
But I'm sure if you're the TUSD school board... You don't want people to know what, right. what those outcomes are. I think it would be... Guys like us would think it enlightening. Adelita Grijalva, Jennifer Ekstrom, Steve Holmes, and that crew would say they were terrifying. So, Bruce... And nobody in the media is asking for it. No. <laughs> so, I would love... So, I guess I have to go find... Who did this story? Oh, this is a reprinted press release from PCC uh, uh, PR. Cut, cut and paste. All right. Now, don't get me wrong. There's more real info in here than I've gotten from a Bud Foster story in the last 10 years. True that. All right. Now... So what they're saying in the press release, so I would I gotta I gotta find out whoever whoever sent this out from Lee's crew. All right, is so less than so here's here's the number: less than ten percent of the graduates of the area's high school high schools earn. Okay, now this is this is interesting. So they talk about um, Alta Vista, Desert View, and Sunnyside. Okay. And then it says less than 10% of the graduates of the area's high school earn a degree within six years of completing their studies, which which validates everything we've ever talked about, the failure of K-12 through in Tucson, Arizona, right? These kids, right, are going, they're graduating, which I always say is the bittersweet day in Tucson. You're graduating, but what did you learn or not learn, right? Yeah, you're thrown out into the world, and you don't have the skills or the background in education. You could barely give change a quick trip. Right. Right. So when we talk about 10% of the kids, they're going, they're doing Tommy Boy. They're doing six years of college, and 90% of them attain nothing. So then the next question is, local geniuses that think they're education gurus, right, is what percentage of those 90% of, of, of that 90%, please let me know how much student debt they have. Because not all of them are on a free 100% ride because of uh, poverty levels or demographic or whatever. Because that's the other part of where rubber meets the road. So I think that's another dirty secret no one wants to know out there is of those 90% of kids, six years of college, don't have a degree. And I bet there's at least $50,000 average of student debt hanging over this kid's head. Well, Ralph Grijalva, if you remember back a few years ago had promoted programs <clears throat> that uh, gave those students free money to go to to go to Pima. Right. And they never showed up. I don't remember that, but... Um, so remember, that was the whole idea of... Now, we know that Joe Flores as a chancellor was quite um, special, okay? And... Um, but the one thing that... That whole kerfuffle about going after Joe Flores... Right. Right, and it was the idea that he just left his flanks open with some silliness, right? Personal behavior, right? right. Uh, bringing in the Chris Farley esque van down by the river, motivational speaker guy, all that stuff. Matt's doing his on the other side of the glass, which is pretty good. Now, um, <laughs> but that whole kerfuffle, that whole start of the war over there, was about they wanted to raise the standards, right? That instead of having it, it was a war. Sure. It was a war. And, you know, I think what happened was is that there was so many, uh, there was so much free money coming in. Exactly. Right? For kids to go to community college, right? That was creating extra jobs, right? 
and the Grijalva crew love that, right? But if now all of a sudden Pima's like, you know, instead of a sixth grade math level, we'd like a ninth grade math level. And all of a sudden they said, well, those kids can't get into Pima at that point. That's right. Well, and they and they wanted them to take a remedial course as right. well. And that, of course, would be insulting, right? For them to take a remedial course. I'm just telling you, man. Go, 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 go. I, I have I have kids in my life that I've coached soccer with, you know, that I've coached in soccer that done their Pima thing, and they'll tell you that some of these kids that they go to school with, they don't know how they got out of high school. They literally don't have the basic skills to be in any sort of college situation, let alone Pima. So the six years to get a degree that you, that you referred to, yes, sir, was that for a four year or for two year associates? That's just they go to college for six after six years of going to college, only ten percent of them earn a degree. So what are we doing? I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of motion and maneuvering, and angst and whatever and money for a kid to go to school, whether the money comes out of their pocket and is loan or their own cash or whatever taxpayer dollars are subsidizing this to earn nothing. So when you graduated from high school and you're a product of amphitheater school district, right? You went to NAU. I didn't go to amphitheater. Well, no, but you went to CDO, I think, right? I did not. Oh, I thought you went to CDO. No, only, uh, I didn't. (laughs) So, uh, believe it or not, I was a nut. Well, not really. It's just the way it worked out. I, I left New York after my junior year, and I did my senior year in Tucson. Yeah. All right? But I went to, I went to, I went to Snobbino for a year. Oh, you did? I oh, did. Oh, you were a saber cat. Okay. I was a saber cat. And so we lived over in the foothills area, and in those days, you still had to drive the car. Yeah. yeah you're like, of course, my dad's like... Uh, why isn't there a bridge at Snyder Road? Because the people there don't want the damn bridge. <laughs> so I used to drive around, and uh, what was really great, I had my dad's old Toronado. It was a 1980. It had the, it was jet black. It had the long front. Yeah. And if if you're those if you're those total overly white bread kids over at Sabino, and Goomba rolls in on that thing, this is before <laughs> the Sopranos ever existed. You're like, who is this psycho? <laughs> You know, what movie did he crawl out of? So when you graduated out of Sabino. Yes, sir. In terms of the, in terms of just the education, the subject matter that you got, and then also your study habits, which, were you prepared for college? This is an amazing question. And we're going to do it. And it's a good question to go to break on. Third, third thing for Ash today. Three dings for Ash. Sounds like a cowboy movie. Bunker, is there a movie called Three Dings for Ash? Um, when we come back, I'm going to answer Bruce's very insightful question about how was I prepared for college doing three years in New York and then one year at Snobino and then going to Northern Al- Alcoholics University. So we're going to answer that question when we come back. Ed Alexander with Apple Fritters should be here in about 20 minutes on the air in 40. Can't wait. <laughs> He's going to Alvernon. He's at Alvernon Donuts now. You got your food, Bruce. <laughs> That's true. And uh, if you're listening, uh, bring some fried chicken if the broaster's working. And a hot dog. And <laughs> There's no hot dog. Hot dog for Ash. <laughs> <laughs> 7.18 in the morning. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10.30 The Voice, local news and talk. There it is, the old remix of A Little Less Conversation. 
Christy Simone, Bruce Ash, Ed Alexander. If you uh, if you're listening, uh, Betsy's already here, buddy. So I just want to let you know, Ed's getting the apple fritters at Alvernon Donuts right now and roasted chicken. Ed, let's get some roasted chicken this time. So. I feel the sugar rush coming. <laughs> so Bruce asked me this question about. I, I, I reveal. I've said it before, but I, I I moved to Tucson between my junior and senior year of high school. Just the way it worked out with my family. Joe was at his between his junior and senior year of college. He went from the Hofstra Flying Dutchman, which they changed their name because that's bad now. I swear to God. What flying's bad? Dutchman. God. The real problem with Dutch the Dutch thing, the Dutch. and then their man, Dutch man. Because the Dutch are such badass people. <laughs> the uh, oh, the curse tells me the Alvernon Donuts doesn't have chicken until ten thirty. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for screwing me, uh, Alvernon Donuts. <laughs> um, so then uh, I moved here, and um, what happened was um, I had to um, come back to me now. So Bruce asked me a question about level of education, right after going to school three years and your question was so were you prepared both from from the the study side you know knowing how to study you know the 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 art of doing that as well as your knowledge level from the courses that you took so i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best snob voice personally i'm gonna gonna come off sounding like a snob here sabino high school which would be considered one of the better tusd schools in those days was Four notches lower than what I was doing in New York. It wasn't even close. I mean, they were... Sabino High School in 1989 was the equivalent of me in 7th or 8th grade in New York. So I was doing, like, history, history term papers in New York, right? Where you had to do at least probably go through the real process of writing a term paper, and we're talking final product had to be 10 to 12 pages. And they would tell you that you are not allowed to use any, only one resource from the school library. You had to go to a local university library and use other real sources for your, for your report. Uh, you know, at Sabino, it's like just show up and breathe half the time. It was a joke. Were you prepared for the rigor of study? I was overprepared for NAU. And I'll tell you why. But that came from New York. It came from New York. And it, and as part of that, because of New York's um, regents uh, testing that they did in order to move on. So again, it's about it's about. Um, so there's two parts, right? So there's priority. There's always two parts of the education thing, right? There's priorities in relation to funding it, right? Which New York overfunded probably education. And I and the other, so I had an extra thing in my school. I was at went I went to Herrick's Public union free school district Mm. it was started in the 60s as an establishment that would not tolerate or entertain it was basically against the laws of the district to have a union it was really interesting so no union you lived in the right part of new york my parents sold their house when we moved to tucson for a truckload of dollars more because people were dying to get there was no open enrollment in those days so you had to live in the district to go to our high school. Then at the same time, there was accountability. And the accountability came from the regents testing. So what I liked about the regents testing, and, and I still can't believe we, don't, we still can't do that here. It blows my mind. I've been talking about regents testing for every damn day of the yeah. show, right? So regents testing, instead of having that one standardized test, 
What you would do is every year for math, because they knew math was important, right? Everyone in the state of New York took the same math test. And the state of New York was going to figure out whether or not you were teaching kids the proper levels of math knowledge. Then you'd always have one or two other tests for that year. They would rotate it in the other subjects. One of your English or your history or your science would be a regents test. And they knew exactly where you were at as a school district, how your kids were going against the norm. Were you a good test taker? I was a great test taker. Did it help you with SAT or ACT? I was a killer SAT. -er. I was. So I probably, I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't do. 1600 but i probably did somewhere close to 1300 on my sats that's pretty damn good yeah and so but when i got to nau and you, you do your standardized testing for t what level math do you test into whatever when i got to math they literally told me just take any one class of anything you want and you're done with your math where i had buddies who went to school in tucson or in scottsdale who were they were supposedly a students who were coming in two levels below me Right, they still had to take two remedial classes before they even got to college math one ten, which was algebra. And what's happened in New York since oh, the turn I didn't of the century? Woof! All right, well, we, let's go to break. Christy Simone, Bruce Ash, you're on Wake Up Tucson, ten thirty. The Voice, local news and talk. All right, seven thirty four in the morning. The donuts and the fritters are here. The beautiful Ed which, Alexander. Which are which? Are which? <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful Ed Alexander's here with his. Uh, is a reddish pink box from Alverdon Donuts. No chicken, so which we learned not till ten thirty. So, but if you want a decent fried chicken, they do the broaster. Yeah, right. And again, the, these guys are related to the uh, the Queen Donuts place out on Kinney Road, and you'll see it. It says donuts and fried and broasted chicken. And so the curse, uh, our friend that I can't say his name because he'll be ostracized by people that knows if he listens to the show. But um, anyway, that's where we. Uh, Contract restrictions. Correct. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, let's uh, go to the phones. Uh, Billy, number one, jumping in on the education discussion. You're on with Bruce and this guy. What's up? Uh, good morning. Uh, you know, I, 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 you're hit on a perennial topic with me, and you've both heard me say this before, but uh, I, I'm not sure the idea would uh, make it past uh, Governor. Uh, I went to private school, but nobody else can go to private school. Uh, but, uh, you know, the idea of accountability is, is something near and dear to my heart. And I, I've always maintained that, that schools um, need to be held accountable, and given the current state of education, uh, K-12, um, it, 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 you can't do anything from the inside, it seems, but uh, working on it and pounding away from the outside would be an appropriate uh, possible remedy here, and I think the idea of, uh, you know, anything that receives uh, 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 dollars from the state of Arizona, if um, you are, if, if your uh, college student has to go and attend remedial classes, uh, those institutions should be able to go and backcharge uh, the appropriate school district that uh, supposedly let someone graduate and they didn't actually, um, you know, follow uh, the, the, the curriculum and, and learn something. Uh, I'm not sure if you could uh, actually force the colleges to backcharge, but uh, another idea would be to actually have the uh, legislature pass something along the lines of uh, withholding your, uh, uh, your state shared dollars. Uh, and basically say for every kid that uh, requires a remedial education, we're going to withhold 
uh, the the cost of uh, whatever that remedial education is at the college level uh, and withhold it from the various school districts because they ultimately were responsible for educating the kids and by their own definition uh, when they get to higher education they couldn't compete so I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think what I'd love to see, I don't know. It's, so I, I got it. So Chris is going to be the broken record, right? You do these regions kind of testings, right? Through standardized finals for math and whatever, and, and, and then rotate the other ones through, right? And then what I would say is if you're a school district that is hurting in these, these levels, right? Then what needs to happen is the state needs to say, where are these deficiencies occurring at your school? Okay. Then we will throw dollars at you, but they have to go to specific actions that the deficiency, the identified deficiencies are. We're just not going to hand you the dough and let TUSD, you know, blow it on, you know, uh, beaver sensitivity uh, studies or something like that, right? And so I think if you if you you got to you got to put them in the box a little bit, right? Some of these school boards, we're going to give you some extra dough. Even though you've got a plenty already right now, we're going to give you extra dough. But what we're going to do is we're going to say you need to do A, B, and C to help fix your deficiencies in your students' non-understanding non of math, history, science, or whatever it is. We're just doing this the whole – again, we, 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 Joe and I complained about this 14 years ago on this show, right? The state legislatures in this, this spot, they've kind of made of themselves where they're giving the – they're putting the, – they're, they're, they're authorizing the money that goes out to the school districts, right? But then they have no – supposedly they have no control over it. Then the school districts blow it on crap, and then they complain that they don't get enough money from the state, right? And, and I, it I hasn't changed. I don't disagree, but I, I do think that, you know, the, the idea of withholding their dollars, uh, you've said it many, many times on this show, you threaten the dollars of any government entity, and they start paying attention. Uh, and, and, and that pain associated with withholding those dollars, I think, uh, cannot be forgotten in whatever remedy is, uh, is put forth, because at the end of the day, uh, these school districts live and breathe based on how many dollars are flowing through their system, and you cut even uh, a, a small percentage of that off, and the the pain is so high that they are forced to respond. So, Bill, Bill, and uh, and Chris, I'll ask this question: <clears throat> We went from a few years ago where there was nine thousand dollars a student being spent, or ninety five hundred dollars. This year's budget, I understand, will be somewhere in the fourteen thousands. That's roughly a 20 or 25% increase, maybe more. I wasn't a great math guy. <laughs> Are, is education 20 or 25% better delivering the services and educating the students than what it was the day before yesterday? Of course the answer you is no. You ask funny questions. Right. <laughs> of course the answer is no. Right. Because as we, again, we, we've learned there's all of these districts when this is no one, the problem with the people who just complain about the funding is they never want to have that intellectually honest discussion about funding. So when you look at these other districts back east, right, these other states that blow us away supposedly on funding, they have crap results also. Exactly. I mean, look at what Washington, D.C. or New York City plunges into, into the educating their kids and their results stink. It's about the teachers and the administrators. It's not about the students. Yeah. So, I well, mean, look, I, you I, guys I, came I, up. 
sorry to step on you, Bill, but so sure. you and Joe came up with an alternative, and and you did it, and those schools today are producing. And that and that was that was a Joe Higgins dream, and I got to give Joe credit. He he really uh, put the team together to make those Lehman schools. I was on the board for years just to keep things tight as we were in the growth mode, mode kind of thing. And I will tell you that that's what's great about the state of Arizona, this academic freedom, right? This is the thing we went to in Phoenix with the Goldwater and Heritage kids, right? Is the idea that you have all of these options, right? And as long as the, and the parents are still, but there's still always going to be a large percentage of your parents that are ignorant about what they can do with their kids. They think they must send their kids to this school. Right, they know that maybe in their situation they have to send their kid to public school because it's near their house and the bus is paid for. Right, charter schools, you know, are great, but they don't have they usually don't have transportation included. Or ignorant, right? maybe lazy. There's a little bit maybe of lazy. Uncon- I always maybe like unconcerned. And when I say ignorant, it's just they just don't know. They don't know any better. Well, they're right? doing the same things that their parents did for them, and their parents did for. Their parents. At this conference in Phoenix, I was the pain in the butt guy. Every time someone got up, they were like, oh, he's going to say it again. I'm like, what are we doing in this room to educate the ignorant parents out there that they have options? Right? Whether it's this is how you do homeschooling or this is how you get together with, you know, eight other parents in your neighborhood and hire one teacher to teach your kids. Right. You're better off doing that. Right, and that's what this last ESA thing. You could, re- if you really want to do it, the right. ESA. If you're going to homeschool and you're going to get six to let's let's call it six thousand bucks. I don't know what the real number is, Bill. Do you know what the homeschooling ESA is off the top of your head? Um, not off the top of my head. All right, so let's say it, eight, it, but, it's close. It's close to that uh, that former uh, number that Bruce was mentioning, like. Uh, uh, Eight or nine thousand, I believe. Okay, so let's say it's nine thousand. You found eight, uh, seven other parents. Well, all of a sudden, you got sixty-three thousand dollars to pay a, a teacher to go teach your eight kids, if you can figure it out, right? And then you have charter schools, and then the private schools. So the whole thing with public schools, these these buildings that are built for children to go uh, learn in, and being you know coming through your property taxes and so on, state funds, blah blah blah. It's a fairly new sort of concept talk about classical education that model of homeschooling before in the in the 19th century was the way that children learned for the most part you know the whole public school thing is really kind of a mid you know mid 19th century concept and and it's been so polluted by everything that's happened with lowering standards and unions and 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 all the things that we rail about all, all the time that is pure education. That's classic education, just as much as Lehman and others like Lehman right. are doing classical education. Correct. Uh, to me, there's always going to be it's still a large percentage of your kids stuck in the public K through 12 system. Mm-hmm. So damn if Chris is going to give up on those kids, right? And so that's where this accountability. So Bill, I like both of our things, right? Give them the shot to do what I want first, right? We're gonna we're gonna identify the problems and fund it at specific things, and then if they keep if they don't want to play ball, start keeping the money from them. But politically, that's the way to do it, I think. I, I, I agreed. I, I, one other way to look at the whole school funding thing is uh, compare the test scores, and whether we like it or not, the test scores are at least a benchmark. Uh, they're a crude benchmark, but they're a benchmark. And I mean, you've recited the statistic statistics, Chris, of uh, the the various schools in Pima County uh, for many years. 
And, you know, it, they talk about how many actually pass the test. Take the opposite approach. How many fail the test and what's the per pupil uh, spending in those school districts? And all of a sudden, you're looking at millions of dollars basically being thrown at the wall to zero or no effect for a significant portion of the population in Pima County. And that should clarify things for a whole bunch of those people out there that are going, well, I don't know what else to do. Well, uh, you know, if, if, if tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in Pima County is going to, to be spent each and every year to no effect based on the test results that the schools themselves are giving, something is seriously wrong with, with, with what's going on. And, uh, you know, when you start talking about tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, it, it can clarify things for some folks that are maybe in the middle and just don't know which way to go. It's billions of dollars, Bill. Uh, I, I agree. I was just talking about Pima County. Okay. The um, So in the end, right, so other than Christy Simone, who else in the media is covering the horrendous test scores of Pima's County schools? And the answer is zero one point zero. <laughs> I beat you, Matt. Matt's zero trying to Matt's point <laughs> zero. Matt's tightening up the eight o'clock news right now. So, uh, but it's that's where. So think about. Imagine if KOLD and any of these would literally do a story right that's on the top of the hour news that only sixteen percent of kids in TUSD can read. I've never seen that story before ever. That's that's real numbers. Sunnyside's 12, right? If the people up in, in, in CDO knew that 50% of the kids at CDO can read, and or Amphi can read. Actually, I think CDO's 50, right? They'd freak out, right? There were people that live on my side of town, Marana and Oro Valley, who think because they live in a nice neighborhood, right, that somehow the schools are killing it. They're not. Marana and Amphi are okay, basically okay not great but there's still a trump a close to the majority of the kids that are coming out deficient in basic education lowered standards yep i mean and look at this board that that stayed in right we couldn't get mona or jeff in there at amphi i mean that guy matt kopeck is is just useless is a tool just useless well so you, you just took you re-electing re matt kopeck and the other one uh, basically took 16,000 kids and just put them into back into four years of mediocrity with the you know with the uh, with the lawyer for your superintendent where do you think that's going kids so you know that's just the reality of it right now so bill thank you my friend we'll we'll have this conversation I bet another two to three hundred times before so. the end of the year all right let's go to break umpire John hold on we'll get to you when we come back you're on wake up Tucson 1030 the voice local news and talk. See if uh, umpire John, it's good to see his phone lines are still working after 127 inches of snow at his house. So wake up, Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. All right, we're playing Elvis and David Bowie, two uh, shared birthday boys with the great Ed Alexander, who will be on with us with Betsy Bruce in about 15 minutes or so. Everyone's got their donuts and fritters. He's feeding Gaston and Rolly down the hallway. We're doing it up. Let's go to the Arctic refuge of umpire John. Uh, John, what's up, buddy? Well, we've got 116 inches of snow seasoned to date. Another 24 coming in. 
But I, I I was up on the mountain yesterday skiing. They're at 260. They're having a killer season. But that's not the reason for my call a weather report. Well, we, um, we, we are going to have we are we are going to have Doctor Neil to talk about drought relief uh, coming up in the next week or so. So we'll we'll cover it then. Anyway, the uh, when we moved to Arizona from Virginia, we found the same kind of problem that you experienced at Sabino. We were in middle. Our daughter, oldest daughter had taken algebra for high school credit as a seventh grader. But when you hit the middle schools in Arizona, they didn't offer anything higher than algebra, so she got to take it a second time. But uh, <laughs> well, you know, we didn't have time enough to sort it out. We got it sorted by the time the next daughter came along. Anywho. Um, I'm going to disagree slightly with Bill of his remedy. I remember the the debt, the the big show you had with Gary Davidson's uh, son on uh, the debt and the stats in the universities. Why are the schools admitting these people unless all they want is two years' worth of money from them and they get out the door with no sheepskin? So they need to stop admitting these kids who are underqualified. That might help. There's so much bureaucracy to pay for, my friend. That's wisdom, right? Yeah. You just made. Yeah, well, you you need another couple of senior administrators for uh, uh, DEI or DIE or whatever it is these days, and you know. Who so knows? remember, NAU is now requiring four credits, four excuse me, four classes, Asses. twelve credits of DEI diversity education stuff before they'll give you the, your piece of paper at the end. Oh, and boy. It's, yeah. The concentration camp in Flagstaff. I, I'm just, and Tucson and Tempe. It, it's, but, but John is totally right, okay? It's the idea that they're taking any, anything with a pulse right now, right? And, mm-hmm. that, and to me, that is a disservice to the kid, first and foremost. Why? What, what are we doing here? And, John, you have people in your life who are teaching remedial math at universities, right? That 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 uh, she turns she turns thirty today. Well, happy birthday to that young lady. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I assume the remedial math that's being um, taught at one of these state universities that gro- that number is not shrinking. It must be growing, correct? I think it is. Where she's teaching calc, uh, cookbook calc to business majors and and that sort uh, this year, so she's having some fun. Oh, so she she got out of the remedial. Math for well, kids. The way, yeah, the way it worked out, that's what they assigned her. Well, that's, that's good. That's cool. You know, yeah. but but you're right. They they have to be more selective. Uh, but that's not mm-hmm. the thing. That's not the business model. Do you remember when you no, actually not, it, you it, were it, looking forward to admission being admitted? It was like a big achievement yeah. to get admitted into right. into the school of your choice. <laughs> I mean, you know, have a pulse and be able to walk and talk and chew gum at the same time. That's what it is today. It seems that no, it's true, right? So that that's that's true, Bruce. It, well, it is. It's a business. It's you know, big education's as bad as big pharma is as bad as big this, that, or the other. The um, when you look at so you know, with my kids at the age there are, I still have one left, and well, two of them are in college. Excuse me. Um, but when you when you're going when especially because uh, one kid went to basis in high school, right? And but still, it's the idea that. They were getting pounded. You're already, you're already pre-accepted, right? They are all these mm-hmm. colleges are sending you the sexiest uh, ad stuff ever, right? I mean, they're sending sure. you posters 
that's a mailer that when you unfold it, it's like a six by eight foot poster of the university. I mean, it's like a it's like a fifteen dollar mail piece, not including postage. <laughs> Because it's a $200,000 payday for them at, at the end of the four years. In the old days, when I went to college, okay, no one no, no one sent you anything, right? You sat with no. your counselor yeah. and they say, hey, what do you think you like to get into? Are there any universities you go to? And you'd have to go chase down the university, right? Before the internet. Right? You'd have to go chase it down. You'd have to apply. And you're right. We've How many commercials or movie moments have you seen, right, where the mailman comes and goes, oh, there's a letter from blah, blah, blah university. <gasps> I hope you get in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These it's days, way anticlimactic now. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so John, you talked about, you talked about the big businesses. It's really like a factory Ford, Chevrolet, Tesla. They put out, they manufacture cars on an assembly line every day. They do recalls all the time for cars that there's a problem here or there. Have you ever heard of a recall for, for a college education? No, but well, they keep asking the you for money for after you graduate. Education. But back to that recall same for a college education is Biden saying that your debt's absolved. Right. So if you're the state legislature and you're not fighting the cartels uh, right now, um, here's the thing to work on. We would like to know NAU, U of A, and ASU. Please, uh, we want roll. We want the last ten years of people admitted. Right. And we need to know how many of them actually graduated within six years. So I want that stat. And then I also want to know how much money was on, uh, still on debt, college debt for them to go to your university and not have a degree. Right. But I'd, it, I'd put, well, I'd put the colleges on the hook for some of the loan money, you know, a third, a quarter to a third. That's a concept. That might, uh, make them a little more selective. So in the end, right? So when you have the when you have the governments grad, uh, govern, are guaranteeing the loans, right? And then the ability mm -hmm. that the, I know we're, the Supreme Court's going to talk about this forgiving of loans and things like that, right? It's it, 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 what, what, what do you what do you what, what the, what's the I mean if you're a college what, what's what's the, it, there's no risk to it, right? When what do you do? You're not taking a bet on anybody. When commercial right? loan originators uh, do a loan through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. They take on part of the risk of that property going south. Correct. Okay? That's never going to happen because these guys in colleges are just as invested in keeping their world safe and the same as it's been, and it's there's a lot of money in it. They're never going to do that. I always tell everyone the magic document is called FAFSA. This is what you got to watch right, out for. Oh, you've yeah. talked about it a hundred times. All right. And FAFSA is the, your... The, fin lo the loan agreement at the last line. He's correct. But they say the word financial aid in the beginning. So you're like, oh, that's good. I can get Buffy and Stevie some uh, some uh, some money to help pay for college, right? But John's right. In the, in the small print, it says if there's any unpaid bill from you or your kid, it automatically kicks into a loan that you're on the hook for. Isn't right. it funny how they uh, they can't contact the parent because the kid is an adult, but the forms they can circle back on the financial side. It is that's odd. So one of my so it's really interesting that and when I say odd, there's that other piece of paper your kid has to sign to let you deal on their account. So one of my kids was taking a summer class at Pima, right? And I get she didn't sign that thing for me. I just needed to pay her bill. So after the show, I go over to West Campus and I got my old old fart D Simone with a check, right? 
Okay. And what happens is the guy's like, oh, sir, your, your daughter, it's not, you're not authorized for this. I'm like, take my damn money. Right. And it was like a big thing. I had her student ID number and everything like that. I'm like, take the money. And I had, it got elevated. I'd have supervisors. I like, take my money. But this is where we're at. But you're right, Matt. When it comes to signing all this stuff, for them to blow it away, they want you on there. But then after that, they're like, what? what? You want what? They can't even contact a parent about issues going on with the kid. Correct. Without permission. Umpire John, stay toasty, buddy. Y'all take care. Later, buddy. Send Jim over to shovel. I will. Uh, Ed and Betsy coming up next on the next History of Tucson broadcasting. Wake up.